So we're looking for those people who are passionate to be future leaders and that they need to be somewhat self-directed because they're going to be searching for preceptors doing graduate work instead of undergraduate work and out in rotations where you are organizing yourself. We can give you the projects that you need to do, but you have that interaction with the preceptor of how to set it up. Do you ever have so many questions and no one to ask, so they're just wasting away on Google searches you'll forget about in an hour or so? We had that same problem, and that's why we created the rd to be podcast, a resource for dietetic and nutrition students looking for answers that their peers don't have. We are students Macy and Emily and registered dietitian Carl Barnes. We engage in conversations and learn from RDs. Join us weekly as we gain insight into the unique journeys of registered dietitians all over the country. Welcome back to another week of the RD2B podcast. I'm your registered dietitian host, Carl Barnes. This is our podcast where each week we sit down with a different registered dietitian to highlight the diversity of opportunity in the profession. Right now, we're actually featuring dietetic internships to really showcase um, the different opportunities out there for those who are either applying soon to DIs or thinking well ahead at their options. Um, so we're honored to be sitting down with Stephanie Minkoff here um, from Marywood University MSDI. Thank you so much for being here. And if you don't mind sharing a little bit about yourself before we dig into the program. Um, thank you, Carl and Emily. I'm happy to be here and thank you for reaching out to me. I actually, um, this last May, I, I celebrated 30 years in the profession. So I've done multiple different things in the profession. I started out as a clinical dietitian in a 383 bed nursing home straight out of college and then went on to become a food service director in an orthodox kosher kitchen to make it a little bit more interesting. I, I worked there for um, 10 years, but 11 Passovers. I then started with a um, contract management Sodexo. Up until that point, I'd always been in union accounts that were self-operated. But in Sodexo, I got a different opportunity working for contract management. It was It's a great opportunity for advancement. I worked a short period of time as a food service director. And then I got asked to help with sales calls which was an interesting experience and helped support other managers in the field. And we had the largest sale ever in the history of seniors in Sodexo with the Asbury communities. And I was taken on board to do the client retention process, human resources and training. So it was a 90 day stretch position that lasted four years. And then the client wanted to hire a corporate trainer. And my district manager said, Stephanie is already here doing the training and knows all the accounts and has been to all six of them spread throughout the United States. So that led to another role for um, four years. And then the position was eliminated and I took 10 months off, best 10 months of my adult life. But then I got to reflect a little bit. I didn't wanna go back to a kitchen. I, I'd spent some time there. I didn't really want to go into HR, even though I got a certification there because I only like the fun stuff in HR, um, not all the other stuff that goes with HR. But I wanted to be part of a community. And this opportunity at Marywood came up. And I am Marywood homegrown. I did my undergraduate here through our coordinated program. I then did our um, master's program in health services administration. I think I might be a nursing home administrator someday. Um, that... I changed my mind before I even finished the degree, but I did finish the degree. Um, and I'm now in Marywood's program for their PhD, um, to, uh, almost a PhD all but dissertation, hopefully at the end of the semester. 
So yes, definitely Marywood homegrown. So it was nice to come back here in this role as the internship director because I wanted to be a, a part of the community and I loved Marywood's community and that experience that I had as a student. Great. Not we haven't we haven't talked to many people that you know full circle at some place that they grew up, they really cared about, that really you know was a transformative part of their life. So it was great to hear. So what do you think makes your internship different from other internships? Well, I believe we all try to meet the same end goal. And like many others, our rotations mimic the domains of the RD exam. So we designate the hours and where you actually go to help you be successful in the RD exam. But in our rotations, we also follow that with coursework in a curriculum that aligns with those rotations. So you get a more comprehensive experience in order to prepare you. We do average about a 94% pass rate on the exam. Um, and that's because we are a challenging program, but it is that multiple different perspectives to help make you successful in that RD exam. So we're not changing that anytime soon. Well, that's good. I mean, it's great to have that rate and know that your program sets students up for success later on in life. So it's awesome. So how many students do you typically have apply to your program each year? Um, last year we accepted 44. So those are great numbers for anybody that's applying. We tend, uh, we take 15 in our on-site program and um, 25 or so in our distance track. So lots of opportunity there. So I know a lot of people are very, like, like myself, uneducated about distance programs. So can you explain a little bit of obviously what a distance program is, what the students should do before, you know, applying in regards to preceptors and stuff like that? One of the things that I like about our program is we are a two-year program. So in the first year, phase one, you're doing uh, your graduate coursework starting there. And then you transition over the summer into the summer between the two years into supervised practice and continuing the graduate coursework. So for the distance interns, we do not require you to identify your preceptors prior to the DICUS match because you have a whole year to do that, even more than a year. Um, we, we don't, we except through DICUS in April, and you do not have to have your preceptor, first preceptor until the following May, May the following year. So it gives us some time to work with you. We actually immediately following the DICUS match, we do, uh, uh, we meet with the distance interns to talk to them about criteria for preceptors, some suggestions and tips of where you can get resources from. And anybody who's interested, we can meet with them individually to go through places that we've used before. So it's not a guarantee, but sometimes it can help open that door for you. That's great. I mean, I know it's very daunting to be like, okay, I'm 22 years old, fresh out of college. Let me go talk to people and let's see if they can uh, let me work with them for a little bit. So it's great that you provide that resource to students. What kind of traits do you look for in applicants that come across your we are looking for people who are passionate about nutrition and that are going to be our future leaders in the profession. Um, the profession has a lot of opportunity and we need good, strong leaders to get us to where we can be and overcome some of the challenges that we experience now through licensure and 
just marketing. I mean, how many people don't even know what a dietitian is? So we're looking for those people who are passionate to be future leaders and that they need to be somewhat self-directed because they're going to be searching for preceptors doing graduate work instead of undergraduate work and out in rotations where you are organizing yourself. We can give you the projects that you need to do, but you have that interaction with the preceptor of how to set it up. I, I sometimes say it's like starting a new job five times in one year um, because you do go in and get yourself acclimated and oriented. And each one of those rotations is a very different area of practice. They don't look the same. And, and when you get there, you see those differences. They are very, very pronounced. Most definitely. I kind of like the analogy of the five different, you know, job starts, because you don't think about it. You think of, okay, one rotation, I'm in clinical, I'll get acclimated to the hospital, and then I'll just go to community. It's like, that's a totally different environment. So with all we sometimes hear that from the interns, that when they leave, they're, they're kind of sorry to leave. <laughs> because they really feel like they've become part of that place. So it feels like they are giving notice and leaving and resigning. And some of them, they've had parties, they've bought gifts for the people they've left behind, they've maintained that contact. And I know a lot of them actually text their preceptors when they pass their ID exam. Oh, that's great. So with all these different um, rotations that your students have, what would you say that your program's main focus is? We chose the concentration of health promotion and wellness. And actually I stepped into this position in um, September of 2016. And we were starting to go through a major change to switch to the two-year program. And I asked why health promotion and wellness? And one of my peers said to me, well, I imagine you would do leadership because that's your background and where you've spent most of your time. And I said, actually, I like the, um, concentration to health promotion and wellness, because I think as dietitians, we need to do more with health promotion and wellness so that we are being proactive instead of reactive and getting our name out there and marketing ourselves. So we've held on to that health promotion and wellness, and they do a health promotion project in their rotations. We have a course on health promotion and wellness in hopes of making an impact in the profession. I feel like that's a common trait, not only in dietetic internships, but like in my undergraduate coursework, trying to transform from being, you know, having someone have a chronic condition or a disease or something, and then reducing it instead of taking a more preventative measure. So I feel like we're going to see more of these health promotion and wellness concentrations hopefully pop up so we can help people before it's, I don't want to say too late, but before they're, um, like, you know, in a hospital or something like that. So, I believe in the 2022 standards from Ascend, you no longer have to have a concentration. Mm -hmm. We intend to keep ours because of that strong understanding of how it can have an impact on the profession. Most definitely. So what made you want to decide both an on-site and a distance program opposed to having, you know, all of your students do one or the other? I actually inherited this. Um, my predecessor was in my role for 22 years before she retired and I stepped in. Um, we had one of the first coordinated programs, um, graduating our first class in 1976. In 1999, we added the internship, which I believe was an AP4 at that time. And then that continued to grow where we offered a distance. And then in 2016, we did the major change to turn it to a two years master program 
phase out our undergraduate program because that's no longer a route to sit for the RD exam. So we combined the internship we had with the um, coordinated program we also had so that we had one program going forward. We also now, because of that major change, we offer a five-year program. So if there's any juniors or seniors in high school out there, not the people looking for the internship, but people further back, you can actually at Marywood University get your undergraduate degree through in a DPD verification statement, your graduate degree, an MS in nutrition, and your DI verification statement in five years for those that qualify. Wow. Do you think that we'll see a lot of four plus one programs pop up as we approach this master's? I hope so, because college is expensive. And often dietetic students tend to be overachievers anyway. So we can rush through and do that in five years. I don't know anybody who doesn't take too many classes and um, try to get an A in every single one of them. So we're destined for a five-year, our four plus one. And we're well suited for it. Of course, and if we take summer classes, we can do it in three, four. <laughs> the more the merrier. So would yes. you mind just comparing and contrasting your on-site track with your distance track besides for the obvious one is on-site and one is wherever students are located? So it really is the same program. They follow the same curriculum. Even some of the, they do on-campus classes or online classes, but in almost all those situations, it's even the same pre, um, professor. So they really are getting exactly the same experience, albeit geographically located someplace else. So the on-site is good for people who might be interested in not selecting their sites or having more of a uh, campus feel, even though it's graduate school, so it's not like undergraduate. Um, and then the distance for those people who might want to be in a specific area, or might want to move to an area that they want to end up at to start building their network and finding those people. It's not unusual that we do have interns routinely offer jobs from their internships. Um, sometimes they have to say, wait, 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 I don't finish until May. Um, <laughs> but it's nice to be in that area where you might want to be, or if you need to be geographically locked somewhere. It also, distance gives you a little bit of flexibility in finding your sites that might be a little bit more talent uh, tailored to a niche that you're looking for. I had a, a young lady in Rhode Island who very much wanted to work with women and children and she was able to get into the Women and Children's Hospital of Rhode Island. Um, so it gave her that strong foundation in the area that she wanted to go. So in the onsite, we assign you to the sites that we have we do a preference survey and try to match people up and match them up to preceptors that they'll work well with, and they go through all the same rotations. But in the distance, you might get an opportunity to tailor that just a little bit more. We had a young lady in Utah who's very, very passionate about the underserved population, and she found the Utahns Against Hunger. And that was her community rotation. There was no dietitian at that rotation but she wrote their SNAP education program and did a train the trainer with all of the professional staff there so that they could do it going forward after she left. So she filled a great niche and had an impact in an area that she really wanted to. So it gives you some of that opportunity to find too. Great. So do you think it's considered more challenging for students to complete a distance program over the on-site one, having the master's going along with it as well? Or do you think it's dependent on the student? 
I think it does very much depend on the student, but it, um, one of the things that can make it less challenging is you do to some degree write your own schedule. You have some flexibility. We're in the on-site, we send them to their sites 32 hours a week. That's what our preceptors are accustomed to. And then they take classes at night. Um, in the distance, you could work 20 hours a week or 40 hours a week. You can change that from week to week. So if you had other things, other competing priorities that might give you a little bit more flexibility in that process rather than being immersed in the area for on-site. What kind of advice do you have for students who, you know, like you mentioned earlier, college is expensive. The dietetic internship is expensive. We have to do a master's, we have to do a master's now, so that's expensive. So what kind of financial information or advice do you have for students who are contemplating if this career path is really worth it because of all of the money that goes into it? I, I, after 30 years in the field, strongly feel it's worth it because you can do so much in this profession. Um, you can carve out your own niche. You can reinvent yourself every two to five years if you wanted to. So I think it's a good investment if it's an area that you're passionate with that has so much flexibility that you can really make it a lifelong career without it getting bored. Like, I don't know, an accountant. I'm sure some people find that interesting, but you're kind of doing the same thing. In dietetics, you can do so many different things. We are 36 credits. We're currently 824 per credit. So that comes up just under $30,000. But if you add the fees and other additional costs that are all on the website under estimated costs, you can ballpark more around 32, 33. All of that qualifies for financial aid. When you leave undergraduate and transition to graduate, it resets your financial clock and there is more money available for financial aid um, in graduate school. I believe it's currently $20,500 a year and that's not the, our full cost. So it allows some flexibility for, um, living expenses also. So that's good. I mean, you have to pay it back. It usually comes in the form of loans in graduate school, although there are some um, scholarships through the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics that are usually due right around April 15th when DICUS match happens somewhere around April 6th. So you might wanna get that in ahead of time. Um, there are usually some kind of scholarships at the state level that you can also tap into I know there are more um, scholarships now available for diversity, um, but you always have that fallback of the student loans, which yes, you'll have to pay back later. Um, but it gives you a, a mechanism to get there if you don't happen to have that money in the bank. Um, our two-year program also lends itself to working in that first year because in graduate school, six credits are full-time, unlike undergrad. So you're taking two classes or night or taking them online. So you can meet all of your other obligations that first year. Once you get into your sites where you're there 20 to 40, hour, 20, 32, 40 hours a week, it doesn't lend itself working as many hours, but usually our students do still work a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's financial aid to cover the whole entire cost. And the other great thing about dietetics is, um, I don't even know if I can brag about it specific to Marywood, but we have a hundred percent employment rate. If you can't find a job as a dietitian, I really wonder what you're doing. I mean, it might not be at the highest pace starting out and two miles away from your home or within walking distance or exactly where you want to work, but you can definitely find a job in the field and get your feet on the ground running. 
I'm sure that's yeah that's something that I haven't heard before you know 100% getting a job we always think you know what's the exam pass rate what's the what's the percent I'll get into your DI not what's the percent chance of me getting an actual job so I'm very happy you brought that up um so I guess oh. I believe we have a um it's somewhere in the mid 90s. I'm struggling whether it's 92 or 94% retention rate in the program. So once you come in, you're like very, very likely to complete. Um, 94 and 95. Somewhere between 92 and 98. I, I apologize. I should have known that number before we got on the podcast. Um, but it's high. So once you get in, you will complete. <clears throat> Our pass rate is high and the employment rate is high. So win, win, win all the way around. Those numbers we, are good. We and love we 40, also good numbers. We love high statistics. We love that. Yes. We do. So that I guess my final, <laughs> of course. So I guess my final question would be what advice do you have for students who are potential who are going to be applying for the diecast application in spring 2022 and just students in general who are going to be applying? Um, I get a lot of sleep because it's a very tedious, arduous process. Um, do your research and really look around and find out the one that's the best fit for you. We have over 200 internships. So there's got to be something out that's very overwhelming, but there's gotta be something out there that's a good match. Um, we will speak to any individual one-to-one. Um, -one. Um, you can check on the website. We have virtual open houses and actual open house. I think it's November 6th. Our next virtual open house is January 14th. Um, we participate in the NDIP internship fair every year. I believe this year we are on November 8th. We have a slot. So find us for any one of those. And we always have interns there joining us. So you can ask them specific questions because they're really the experts and they, they have all the stuff you really want to know. Um, but you're welcome to reach out to me or we also have a clinical coordinator, Mickey Orlowski, and either of us are happy to, have, to talk to anybody about any questions that they have about our program or any program um, to help people through the process because I think it is a very difficult process. Great, well, thank you so much for taking time out to speak with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that info about your, about your program. I think it's a really great introduction for the vast number that you do accept for the students that may not have you on their radar. So thank you for your time.